0: Athletic Former Players Association podcast is sponsored by Starna Apparel, affordable and stylish clothing born on the terraces. Just head to www.starnaapparel.co.uk. Welcome to another episode of Walking Down the Holbeath Road a podcast, brought to you by the Dumfelling Athletic Former Players Association. We are not just strolling down any road; we are walking down the iconic Holbeath Road, a pathway filled with memories. Triumphs and the echoes of legendary players who have left their mark on the rich history of Dunfermline Athletic Football Club. I'm your host Mikey Mokkiewicz, and on this latest episode we caught up with Dick Campbell just before he was appointed the new manager of East Fife. Dick's history with Dunfermline Athletic goes back to the 1960s when as a supporter he watched the halcyon days of European football at East End Park. He would then have a spell as a player in the 1970s before joining Bert Payton as assistant manager in 1993. He would then have a short spell as first team manager himself towards the late 1990s. Dick is one of Scottish football's biggest characters and in this podcast we hear all about his time in football, football management and his love of Dunfermline Athletic Football Club. This episode was recorded at the Garvick House Hotel in Dunfermline. And we would like to put on record our thanks to Rui and all his team for their fantastic hospitality during this recording. So, lace up your virtual boots and grab your scarf and join us as we catch up with the one and only Dick Campbell. So, Dick, thanks for joining us on the the podcast. How's uh, How's life treating you? Well, my head's not too clever this morning. I was at a wedding yesterday, but uh, I might say things I shouldn't say to be honest, because I'm no bothered my arse, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's great to be here, i Well let's have a wee chat about uh, what, what's happened in my life. You know? Aye, good times, good times. Before we start, I'm going to ask you six questions, six quick fire questions to get us warmed up. Okay. So the first one is: What's your favourite song of all time? There's been a few I've got to say to you. Uh, King of the Road. Mm. Nice one. Would that be your wee karaoke song as well? Well, I do that in as in a secondary. Do you know, I've um, been well known for the Crystal Chandelier. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. People didn't say it, but I'm just saying, Dick, guess Crystal Chandelier rather than say, guess a song. But I love listening to a good singer. Seriously, I could listen to a good singer all night. Good man, good man. Second question. Favourite place to go on holiday? Maldives. The Maldives, not Magaluf. You've had a few trips there over the years, Magaluf, Shagaloof, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, I've been gone for 20, 20 odd years, fantastic. Still go, don't go and do a wee bit of charity stuff, um, for the third world, no, like in September and do golfing. But the boys, all my and everybody who's ever worked for me, we go there in May, Bertie's to go, and you meet all the football people from all over Britain, and it's a great time to go. That's the main thing. But for a family holiday, uh, you can't beat the Maldives. Brilliant, mate. Third question. What's your favourite takeaway of choice? I'm just a very basic... Uh, I would go sweet and sour. For the Chinese? Chinese. Good absolutely choice. no Don't do Indians or anything like that. No, no, no. Brilliant. Who's your best friend in football? In football? Oh, my goodness. God almighty. Bert's probably up there with him. I was Jimmy Bones' best man. Eh... Uh, my son-brother Ian's been with me all my days <laughs> and John Young's been with me 40 years. Uh, you would have to say best friend in football. Wow. You'll be surprised at this. My mentor was Dougie Houston. Dougie Houston, he was the guy that got me involved in the world to go and be a coach and Dougie. I speak to him regularly and he always advises me right But My best friend in, in football would be Bert. Brilliant. Good choice, mate. What's your favourite movie of all time? McClintock. McClintock. Yeah, I wasn't gonna hit you. How the hell I will? I was great back for the final, <laughs> <laughs> throwing the Indians down the mud hole. Brilliant. Super. I, liked that. I like that. I like a John Wayne aye. Right, nice one. Last question for this bit. What's your main hobby outside of football? My main hobby? Golf. Golf. I a mean, big golfer. I've been a member at Glen Eagles for no bad for a no miners' eh? boy. I mean uh, it's through my brother Ian. I, I work for Ian, and I take some customers up to Glen Eagles. And, uh, I can't. I got cancer 12 years ago, and uh, I can't hit the ball. Couldn't hit a coon about the, back of the earth, honestly. But I, I think I can. You know, I can hit it 200 years the But I'm debating. I play a little gelly, which is that just keeps me back down to earth, you know. Super right, we'll start at the very beginning Born in Dunfermline, November 53 So tell us a little about growing up and uh, your childhood memories Well we didn't have enough a uh, My mother had three jobs, my dad was a miner. I remember my mother when I could tell the stories That when she was expecting me and my brother Ian We were born at half past ten in the morning She got and went out in the back shift <laughs> <laughs> uh, She needed the three jobs uh, my dad, you know, we never had enough lot of money, like never. Uh, we were very poor in terms of lack of money, but made up for it in and, and, uh, love and a very friendly family. Never had a key to your house. Somebody broke into your house in 1962 and painted the hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my start of it. My family, God bless them, I've lost my two sisters and my brother. My brother Peter was a captain in the army. Um, And of course, my turn brother Ian, we've done everything together. Uh, Obviously, uh, that edge in competition gives you everything, even for the scout football team. The only thing we never done anything was a garden. I was never a gardener. But Duncan's only a year younger than us. Right. So the three boys um, were at Hallaby School. The Ian was ducks at the school, would you believe? And I was running up. I was not a donut. I was quite clever at the school too, but... Uh, my road was already set for me Ian went to university and I went to the doctor what, what was your early memories of football growing up Dick? Uh, we played in the Cub team well we had a football pitch across the road for the house and you had to run like hell home for the skill we didn't even throw our skill bags in the door we threw them down to make a goal post I mean and you know yeah. we're 25 aside honestly I haven't really played football that's missing for kid, oh, kids grown up eh? I mean I'm a you know the the man what do you call him? Uh, uh, Holland. Um, he brought out a book for uh, football and it was called uh, practice. Street football it was called. And all he did was hit the ball against the wall and control it. And the quicker you control it, the harder you hit it. And that's what we did. We were always going to be... went and played in the cup team, played in the school team and, and the next thing. And, and then, of course... Uh, we, we went to Town Hall, which is uh, a time in my life. Benny, Russell and Maxwell, Dare Leishman, Brian, Steen, Campbell, Campbell, Poole and Hutton. The seven of the boys went senior. I scored 103 goals. People didn't believe it. My brother scored 88.
1: That eight. was Greece. a
0: successful boys club, that, eh? We won two. We went two here with... We played for Town Hall. Do you know that? I love the aspect out in View. But that's when we started to get a bit competitive. But... Um, played for the 15 when we were younger. There was always a wee bit about us that that made us a wee bit different to everybody else. But we practised. Uh, we never, you know, and that wee bit of hardness is brought in. Yeah, I remember uh, somebody fighting uh, with me on the pitch and I went, who's greeting to my dad? My dad sent me back out again. They coming here greeting he says, going and it. And I was only nine. You'd have learned from that even at nine. I. Aye. But... Very, very close family, very, you know, as I've said to everybody, there were no second day soup in your house. You just stood up there, got a bowl of soup, and then went back and got another one. Yeah. Um, but a lot of happiness. Mum and Dad were beautiful people, and uh, all my family, uh, even my sisters looked after the boys. And, but we were, you know, we just did what a working-class family would do. Yeah. My dad, my dad, he was working for the Winds and in Alawel in the pit, and you got paid monthly. So it was brilliant. The fourth Thursday, one of us would be designated to go. My mum down to Lipton's. You remember the square bikes with the big basket in the front? Nah, oh, we, uh, time, mate. We, uh, well, you we got a basket. Oh, that, They were great times. That was messages for the next fortnight. And then the last week of the, or the last two weeks, you had that with them. But that was, it made you happy, didn't it? It, it made you happy. Yeah, Brian, what's your memories of watching football come up? Did you go to East End Park? I well, can't... believe it or not, oh, we loved East End Park. That was, I tell you, people don't, I mean, Jim talks about along Hobby Road. I'm telling you, the the buses were parked outside Cruise Gates. I'm telling you, line by line. Uh, definitely if uh, Hobby, right into them, fell you'd double-dickers right away, and you walked, you couldn't get a bus taken. To... I was at the game, the Celtic game, where they were climbing up the you know the blood lights no rest of it. Mm-hmm. was it 3-2 two or 2 oh, I can't remember 3-2 Celtic I think it was fabulous and then Oobjes Dozo and you know, uh, I mean if you look at their record in the 60s when it was, I was just a kid semi-finals cup finals runners up in the league and the team I could rattle off the team at the yeah. and that time Bert tells me great stories about it but what comes through loud and clear was uh, there were a few local boys on that team but also, there was a camaraderie and a spirit about them. Uh, they were great days going to watch the boat. And then, see, when the stock cars opened, me and my two brothers were car park attendants. And right. we would take 10 pence, have <laughs> 10 pence to the cow beaten, 10 pence in the pocket. It, it would be <laughs> <magnificent>. <laughs> We were waddled in like a lump walking home with all the 10 pences in it. <laughs> but, but, you know, we're half cow beaten, half hullaby, where we were born in Beefy Road. Uh, Cowan Beast played a big part in my life after after uh, Dundee United and uh, I was a ball boy so people might sway towards me being Cowan Beast boy and, uh, you are what you are yeah. and uh, these were great days uh, watching football and my dad didn't uh, really go and watch football he was at the Scottish final certainly but um I went to Scotland I started going to Scotland games when I was a year older but nah football's in the family you mentioned Dundee United there so tell us all about how it come about joining Dundee United as a teenager? Well, the Town Hall team was getting watched by, as I said, you you, six or seven. I went senior. Jim went and fell in. I went into Liverpool uh, with Ian Dare. God bless him. Oh, Ian, I was, at his, uh, I was his best man and he passed away there uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. And uh, I miss him every minute of the day. But him and I went into Liverpool on trial. But I had already made up my mind I was going to Dundee United. Could have went to Man United and Leeds, but they weren't wanting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. Do you know, I went to the dockyard. I left school, sat the dockyard exam. Did all right in the dockyard exam, 30, 31 or something, 500. So I wasn't a donut, you know. But uh, I was going to be a Sparky, but I'm blind, So that, we failed in that, and same with engine fitting, so... Um, Shipwrights was a was a top trade as well. So I served my time as a player. Part of that apprenticeship was in Rob Calladin at Dundee because at Dundee United made me fulfill my apprenticeship. So in the afternoons I used to go to Rob Calladin after training at Dundee United. And this is what he did. However, would you believe I got homesick? I could see Dundee from my back. <laughs> I didn't, uh, Andy Rowland and the boys used to travel up all the time together. Ian Lister, would you believe, trained. He was playing with St Mirren, but he used to travel with me and uh, Andy Rowland in the, in the train from Kirkcaldy uh, to Dundee and we trained there. And Andy's still a friend to this day. I just didn't feel right. I just didn't. I went back to the doctor, and I was lucky to get back into the train. I then went to Cowan beef mm-hmm. and- I finished at Indy United and I went to County and I signed for them within 24 hours and I played as a sub on Saturday I signed for them on Thursday I was all, I was a month short with seventeen thirty. there was a wee bit about me right but I was never ever going to be a top grade striker I didn't but I did with Town Hall because they were all great players the Brian Pools and Ian Dares and the Billy Huttons and Big Lee, Raymond Allen. you name them they were all great players Charles. they all made it they all made it and my brother Ian of course so anyway would you believe I was on £11 a week? Right? At Cowdenbeath? No, no, at be I was on a fiver a week, right? <laughs> but that went up, We got a fiver appearance and £2.50 I won, right? But at the Dockyard, eh, I was just coming out of my apprenticeship, right? And I ended up coming out of my time and I was on £11 a week. My dad was on £14 a week in the pit, on the pit face. And there's 70 years in the You know, it wasn't a lot of money, but young people mm-hmm. now, it was enough to get by, so uh, would you believe the season finishes done felling? Come for me, right? To cut a long story short about the deal, I got two thousand pound for signing on. No two thousand pounds. A lot of money at by that. That time of year, can you imagine you could buy three whos I'm telling you. There was I was looking at a flat in Crossgates for five hundred quid. And anybody anybody with any common sense would have can done better with the money and it came out I done with it. What did you do? I phoned up Thank my twin brother, I phoned up at least and I says, "Pack your bags, we're going to Hurd and Durn." <laughs> <laughs> Big Leash over got to burn Thailand. Gave all my family a hundred quid each, bought a brand new spanking Vauxhall Viva, and I went to Benidorm with my brother and least for three weeks. That's what I done with my two thousand pounds. Tremendous, uh, so good memories, uh-huh, I'm sure. For God's sake. Then yeah, the Dufferin thing was was fantastic time. So George Miller signed you, eh? Yeah, George Miller, What's he like? Great boy. Came with George's today. George used to play us for snooker, right? He used to give me and Leeson 30 a start and a frame, and he would play us for a fiver. I so couldn't he hammer us. George was a great player. He was a mad oh. gambler, eh? Oh. dog betting on horses and, he, huh? and dogs. I could be punting horses, David. you had a wee Ralphie Brand. Oh, the wee Gernal. <laughs> Well, I was, you know, the boys said to watch Ralphie, because Ralphie took no prisoners. He would slaughter you a, uh I always remember when Lees broke his leg, we went to Sweden. And Jordan Miller says to me, I got injured the first game, and uh, we only took Lees with him to keep his spirits up, you know. And Jordan says to me, Dick, you and Lees just go for a day in the city. And uh, keep his spirits up, that like, didn't he get? You know, all the rest of it. Well, fuck! <laughs> you think that's like, honestly, when I dug a bone. So <laughs> I took me and Lee went and we were half pissed, right? We come back, and apparently the boys were playing the next day, right? And uh, there was a curfew; the players had to be in their bed for eleven o'clock because there was a game the next day. But the boys, all the boys that were playing, were playing uh, snooker, right? And it was in, the final game was in, in, in the sick room. So all the boys were up watching. I think it was me, Jackie and Big Girl Carlson. They were playing in the final and they were all watching the debut. So me and Leash, we well, couldn't get up and do it. We well, couldn't get out the left, because it was all in fucking like, Swedish, right? Anyway, Urian finds out that fucking Dick and Leash are struggling, you know. And then they also find out it's fucking 20 past 11 and we, we, uh Ralph Brand's on the prowl. So in fairness to, eh, uh, Jim Wallace. And Graham Shaw and Pink, they got me and leash to the left and fucking threw us in their bed, you know, and fucking threw a cover there the tap us with (laughs) place. I'm telling you. (laughs) Oh yeah. The two of us were steaming right. Couldn't tell Then apparently, apparently, the next morning when we were here, what happened? I said, What, what?" He said, what? he says, We got you and we threw you in the bed, put the covers on the top of you. And big Ralph Man must have caught you, and he looked in the room and they seen the two of you sleeping. And he goes in at and sniffs at me, and I'm going like, to tell everyone he's you're unprofessional. I told you he's curfew. The two boys that have no fit to play them on are already in their <laughs> bed. <I couldn't laughs> <mind> what... <laughs> Superb. That's <laughs> what so it was. But why well, did the more Good team when you think it. You know? Who was in that team? You mentioned some of the players there, yeah. Adam Shaws and. Well, John Wallace played Wallace. Off the fact. Uh, he was good. Gare Carlson played. David Nichol, Marcel, Leash. Leash didn't play so much. Kenny Thompson. see part of that? Team? Who? Kenny Thompson. Kenny played. I Kenny, Kenny Thompson played. Outside right, uh, came uh, Pink played, Chuck Mackey, Graham Shaw. Uh, it was quite a young team. Jackie Sinclair. I Alec Kinnamith. It was a great experience. But uh, I remember we went to, we went to Hertz and won 3-2. Me and Lees for the two centre-half. Then the following week, that's when Lee broke his leg, I was playing that night. We had went the following week before, man. And beat him three two. Went to Petodry on the Saturday and go beat Fair one. So we needed to to beat Hearts so and we did. Ian scored. My brother's for the winner. And uh, I remember the ball breaking it to Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries was always going to win the tackle, but at least he was a good player. Don't make no bones about that. He could have been a very, very, very good player because he pace. At least, least, and he had the height and the presence of him. But he broke his leg. And I always remember we Jimmy we Stevenson comes on. And Jim's riding about. Both Fibby and Tibby were visible to the naked eye. It was a horrible, horrible break. And I'm his pal, you see. And me, Jimmy, seems to see your dick, dick. Putting that shin gear in, he's moving up and let him bite the pain. So I did that, I put that in. He never recovered. Jim never, ever recovered. I mean, he took the Dunfellin' Joe, which was seven, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But great days at Dunfellin', and I was doing all right at my work. You know, I ended up being an estimator at my work. And if I look back, in my life on that time in my life. I wished I'd stayed at the doctor because, you know, after that we went into buying pubs and, and we went into coaching you know, and all the rest of it. But when I think back, there's so many of the boys that started their apprenticeship with me, are picking up a million quid in a pension. After that, just let nature take its course. Do you remember your debut for Dunferman as a player? It was August seventy four. was it again? Morton. Aye, so Grant it was Didn't there, eh? Aye. Aye, i Do Aye. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something, see capital, had a wee ridge, right? As you walk up the pitch, and then maybe had about a three-inch ridge. I fucking tripped when it on it I was going in, honestly. Steve, is was waving at everybody I fucking tripped. Oh, yeah. But, uh, did we win? get beat? Uh, I think we got beat one now, aye. I think we did get beat uh, one. You put, yeah, I, I loved the, the Dunfermline thing. You it, uh, the Paragon Club never, and everything was on the, the race then. Eh? Aye, aye. Oh, we were, we were uh, top men then. Eh? Brilliant. You leave Dunfermline in 75 uh, and you go to mm. Ross County. What was your spell on the highway? Well, flight? the problem I had with that is um, I'd met Anne Marie and I was going to get married. I got offered uh, a right good wage fee strife and I even got a better offer, offer for um, Green Up And Ian McNeil, who's a manager of Ross County, it right, used to be Shrewsbury and all that stuff. Ross County were a good side at that time, top of the League. You have no idea. Tell me. Guess I got offered £200 a week or something. A week? Up at Ross County, and I thought, fuck, you know this, I could, save, I could save enough money to get married. So I asked my reason I went to Ross County, stayed in digs, and still, I was up at uh, Dingwall the week, there, still, I still go to the farm uh, with people that had in digs with me. But I went there, I got 200 pounds a week, and I was sending Anne Marie 150 quid down the road, and I was blowing the rest of it. <laughs> but I paid for the, the wedding, and, and then I was only a year and a half there, I believe. Yeah, And uh breaking came in for me. So I then came back and got my job at the doctor for a while and enjoyed breaking. Breaking, out of all the clubs I've been with, I enjoyed the most was breaking. Is that where you met John Ritchie for the first time? That's where I met JR. JR to this day is, there is never a day goes by I didn't think about. He's one of your best pals, is eh? Oh my goodness, he's just a lovely, lovely human being. And he died. I'm, I'm aware of eh, John. And John Young, that's when we now, the four of us were. They were they were great guys. Uh, but gradually left it freaking up. Mm. You know, we're good people. And I learned. Uh, the managers were good. Oh, I worked with uh, Dougie Houston, Ian Fleming, Ian Stewart, Charlie Dunn. They were all good people and you learn after them. What, what did you learn? What was it, if you could pick one thing back then that you then took into your underdogs. Why would players play harder because they're an underdog? I don't like I don't get it. See, me, I was never ever uh, a good player, in my opinion. I captained every fucking reserve team I played in, (laughs) right? (laughs) But you didn't need to motivate me, underdogs on the Rangers. I played, seen the big games I played, I was one, played. It annoys me over the years now that you go into clubs, you're fucking underdog. Are you an underdog? You're you're there to play and get on to it. but I enjoyed it. That was very, very important. Do you know? In the seventh year, I was at Brecon with my brother Ian. You can count on my fingers how many times i missed training. Now that was coming in for the doctor at half past four, <laughs> and you're in the, You're away at quarter to five. Yeah. And then you were up at Brecon for half past four, six training. And uh, John Ritchie was a John Ritchie the pit, and he was up the pit at two o'clock. So John was in my house when I go home for the doctor. He used to come home and uh, and get his tea out of four away the train. So. There was a camaraderie about that, we Everything about us, mm-hmm. and then we started to pick up points and instead of breaking set a nil. Such and such. We started to play. and We started to to get together. Signed Ian Patterson for Cody. He was on air revolution. Pink was some player. Pink yep. scored. Pink scored twenty one goals a season for seven seasons. So I was one hundred and forty seven goals. He scored. Pink was was a great player right. anyway. In the film, but the But I. enjoyed it. And that was an important thing. Meantime, back in my private life, mm-hmm. there was a wee a pub came up and I bought it in and All my life I wanted to have a pub. And see, after seven years, I couldn't wait to get out of it. That's a the hardest day game, eh? ever at all. But I also worked in the dockyard, had the pub and had the football. Then it all become a bit of guddle. You know, it all... Uh, I loved it. I loved uh, the times I uh, had to be them. And we bought the pub and the pub was... Uh, we did really well. We made seventy-five thousand in nine month profit. So I sold it and put the big silver taxi up between them. Bad, bad mistake. Right. I lost about hundred odd grand. I had to remortgage my house. Quite worrying times, eh? Oh, must good the family. Oh my goodness! But I went back. Fab. Did you know that my first coaching job was Rave Rover, Rave? I've got that here, Wraith And then back to Brecon, you went, eh? Aye. I, I went. To, I went East Sterling, right? They paid £7,000 for me, right, as player coach to Billy Little. Flem came in, Ian Flem in, was brilliant. And what a lesson this is. A great friend of mine, he'd went through his badges with me, but he came come right into the football club and he went right up to me, I was the captain, because I was a hero up there. I'm playing in your position, get yourself a club. And I loved it, honesty. Is that right? You'd know any fucking better than me, sort of stuff. But that was his decision. So within two days, Billy Little came on to me uh, 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 Stumbling, I never got reasonably well at the day, and uh, I went there. And you know what I done? I got a couple of bob for signing on. Uh, go beat four 0 at home for forfa and I must a penalty And I proceeded then, and I beat the players there again. And I go fucked right in a bit. See coming home that's said principal. I am. I go back, of the bridge, and I stop saying burkeed, and the phone's the chairman. I says that's me. I'm. I'll give you my my two thousand back. Uh, I'm not wanting any money. I don't want I'm no feeling good about myself. I'm standing there slaughtering the players and I was the worst man in the park. It's no for me. And they accepted it. Well within two days, Gordon Wallace through Dougie Houston. Dougie Houston had told I'd tell Dougie what happened. Met and Money and Dougie says to Dick's available, you know. So Gordon Wallace came on to me. In fact I was it in nineteen seventy-three cup winning side ah the Dundee on Monday the Ah, the DSA Dundee supporters association and I was the main speaker and Gordon was there oh what a shame what a shame it's not very well no oh what a shame shame. but anyway Stubby gets me and I'm delighted Kirkoddy just in the road for me fuck me a month passes Stubby leaves and goes to Dundee United and leaves me interim manager right You'll never guess who the first game was. Don't fucking me. Aberdeen. Aberdeen. <laughs> and that was the same team that won the cup, right? Nine, nothing to a <laughs> right? And you know this? Alec talks about this to this day. Alec like says, he was here and around me more, we're walking up. You can't, nine, nothing. I was never going to be the manager. I was only a young boy. I was only 31 or 32. And I'll tell you, all the young boys that played, Paul Smith, Keith Wright, Henry, fucking unit, uh, what do you call him? Craig Roberson Boves, at that point. Craig Robertson. Where'd you get Elvis? Oh, the fucking money, McDermott. We had a reasonably good side, you know. Down young, we're going to be, I like to put his aim around me. And you know, I learned. You listen to me, son, he says. I say, because the son, we never took the piss. And that's a fact. You normally see it, or Five, they're taking the piss and back you it. No, he didn't. and he, that respect uh, thing, the eh? way. Oh, for, because I've never ever forgot that, mm-hmm. to be honest. Anyway, Bobby Wilson came in then, uh, and Bobby's a good lad. Could have been a way harder, as far as I was concerned. But a good boy and a great player with Alec Kiranmith, who had played with me, Adam Bellin. So, when a reasonably uh, good good uh, side. Anyway, I went back to breaking with John, because John had uh, came for Hibs. In fact, I've to come, to Dunferman. You know that? I was with the youth. Youth children. So anyway, we go back, and it was funny. I was only back three months, and County k- Beef came in for me as a manager. And I left and went to County k- Beef. I was only here for weeks and fell out with the chairman. Oh, fucking, and what? you right. And uh, people say Brian Clough was at k- Leeds longer than I was a fucking County k- <laughs> k- Beef, right? So I go back. So I go back. My chairman at Breakin thought I was away on fucking holiday. <laughs> But that was my first show, it was, right? Like, and then, to John, would you believe it? it? won the league. We'd already won the league as a player, but uh, we'd won the league. and it was We drew nothing, nothing down at Berwick to win the league. And I had the Silver Tassi at the time. I'm no kidding you, we went back, the whole bus went back to the Silver Tassi. Fuck, I me! Mean, it must have been fair in the morning. I think what that driver was doing, David Wall, who was the president of FIFA. Yeah. We huckled him into the back of the bus. Well, everybody was mortal. It was a great thing for breaking in their history; they'd never ever been promoted. Yeah. So I was, a, I was a wee feather in the cup. What were you yeah. like in those early days as a coach? Yeah. What were you like compared to to what you're like now? I was always pretty. I always had natural enthusiasm for the game. I've always had natural enthusiasm for life. I'm no the doom and gloom guy. See if somebody walks past me, I work or I over with a or at the football, and they didn't say good morning, Dick, or hiya, Dick, or hiya, gaffer, or something. I fucking slapped them off the bat. They'd, hey, you. why are you not talking to me and want to know the reasons for it? So that sort of stuff has come through. Of, uh, John, we're in the car for what, an hour and a half, and we we'll were talking about what we're going to do. I was well prepared. You can't make it, you can win or see what we've achieved in the game with it being prepared. You can't do it. Denny, can you say along, we are a very, very well, any team that I have got or we have got, I don't use the singular, it's a team game. We're organised. We know exactly what the opposition are going to do. We know exactly what set-pieces. We know what role every single player on the team's got when he's got the ball and he's not got the ball. We're very, very well Joe People think, take that for granted, but I'm telling you, we're pretty well. And John was like that. John was meticulous. But John was a fucking goalie, you know. yeah. I, uh, I used to slaughter him. But, uh, it's not very often you get goalkeepers who move into coaching and management no unless they're just goalkeeper coach <laughs> oh he's a great guy <laughs> it's quite See, unusual eh? do you know God bless him uh, when he was living in the last two or three years of his life uh, just after I got the cancer it broke John's heart as well I was I got told I'd only two months to live but I got the operation the next morning the next morning I was going through the the, the gates to go to America see if I can get it, and the phone went, and it was the Victoria Hospital saying to me, "What are you doing, Dick?" I says, "Well, my brother and I are going to go to America and see if we can get this cancer for the kidney, because there was boy. Would you believe it? it was, uh, well, it's my brother, John, next to our neighbor, is a world renowned cancer, uh, kidney cancer guy. Right, and so we kind of, and he says, "Well, we can you come back through to the Victoria Hospital? We want to, we want to operate today." That's how that's what happened. God bless up there. Uh, and they I always remember my consultant's name was Gordon Brown, which was appropriate. And he and he came to speak to me about four o'clock the next morning. And he says, I've never seen so much muscle on a man as yourself. And he says, But I actually think I've got every bit of that cancer out. Touch weed. That's, yeah, touch feed that for 12 years. So, so that kind of put Me back a bit. Well, yeah. wasn't I was at the end of my career then. I'm 70, now. right? You I'm weren't 70... at the end of your career then. No, no, I'm 70, now. so is Ian. <laughs> but, um, Aye, where did we go for then? Where did we? So, nine forward 93, Bert gets the Dunferman job. Oh, so what? what's your memories of how all that come about? Honestly, do you know kind the story with that? Oh, nah. fuck. oh no, no joke. I'm in the tassie, right? If you're classy, you get off your chassis and bring your lassie to the tassie. That was fucking, that was Lisa's poem. He's wanting me mean, to tell everybody that. I says, I'm not telling anybody that one. Anyway, I'm in, the ta- I'm in the tassie, and I'm working, trying to make ends meet. And I'm sitting in a pub on the Thursday night, and who walks in but Bert? In Mohan. I was best man at Mohan's. I've been best man, fucking... I've done all right for the best man gigs. <laughs> I've, been, I've been best man five times, something like that. However, I says, what are you two, sister? What are you after? Bert says, I've taken I've the size job. I says, daft. you daft. Wait, you the fuck? You didn't have it. He says, I'm needing you to come and give me a hand. I'm not taking it unless you come with me. I says, Bert, fuck off. I've got one night a half a week and it's a fucking Thursday night. And I like a couple of pints and all the rest of it. And I'll go to the golf and that's... Ah, oh well, I'll not be taking it on. And I says, what is fucking more doing like? I was, again, Mo was my mate. Mo says, oh, I'm just as well getting these a hand i look at the kit and all the rest. Of it, you know. Anyway, cut a long story short. I just Anne Marie says to me, "Well, you better go in because you'll be you'll be wanting to go." She says, aye, all right. So I got my brother to cover my nice... And the first night's training, there was three of us: me and Bert and Mo. You couldn't have only two players. But <laughs> <laughs> we all say did well. Fucking hell! We we'll get to a cup final with a side. Aye, we did. did aye? We did great with some good players. We did really well. One thing I let in there, happened at the football club and Bert says, I can't have had enough, so Bert packed in, I packed in too, so I went back to the pub and then my brother Ian, he was a non-family director of CRSMA, right? Fucking Gucci suits and fucking nice aftershave, you know, that was Ian. So he got me and Bert a joke in the shop flair because we weren't doing mean, them. Fucking hated it, you weren't getting paid good money on that. for fuck's sake, your joke. And this is how it happened, right? I'm night shift, right, and it's quarter to six, and I'm waiting on somebody picking me up at ten to six at And I'm still on the front green, it's a sort of sunny night, and I've got my C.R. Smith overdolls on, right, and <coughs> my peace box, and the phone goes, and I'm reaching out, saying, Richard, it's a phone. Didn't have mobile phones or fuck like that. And it was Bert. Aye, what you doing? I says, I'm going out in this fucking back shift. Yeah, hey, that's night shift tonight. She says, no, you're not. You're coming with me to dunferman. How what's wrong? I've took the job and I'm taking you with me. Oh yeah, fucking dancer, I'm telling you. I booted that piece all <laughs> over the fucking front green. I did. Must have been an incredible feeling that. Oh Getting quadrupled that... my wage. I quadrupled my wage. I went to for eleven quid to forty-four quid. You know? You weren't on great money, but that's yeah. the kind of idea you had. And uh, oh, I was the happiest I've ever been. So we're going to there and there. And we took wee more we us and the rest of it. I laugh at wee more. I say more the time I see him regular. How many managers have you seen half now, Mo? You can't 14, <laughs> eh? maybe 15. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we went to, uh, and you know the first fair games at the film we got beat? Fucking breaking beat us. One num. What was it like in those early days? Well, Roy was a decent man and Andrew Gillis. They two sort of ran. Roy owned uh, Woodruff and the, his assistant was Andrew Gillis. And they were up three afternoons a week, or two afternoons a week, checking we had to, we had to, old Willie, the kitchen, we, honestly, at feeling. we had to stop the toast and cheese, because we couldn't afford it. I'm telling you, royalty royal tell They were very, very, I mean, they were meticulous and getting that club to, and that's the way it should have been done. So, you know, Bert had a good relationship with, with Roy and the, uh, we started to build a wee bit, start to to get the odd player in, you know, You're recruited well, didn't you? Yeah. Shoot Peter a and Mark Miller and all these boys. I kind of had a knowledge of all these players because uh, I knew the Mark Miller when I had him a brain. Um Big Evil at Montrose. Big Evil. That was one of the best signings. Per pound per head we made. Toddy. Honestly, what a what that was you come not go, to Toddy, for I can show a or something. What can play a can player toddy with. Oh. Scott Thompson, we had sold on for Breakin to Aberdeen. So we got 100,000 for him for breaking. We we at uh, Breaking. Where were we at? At Dunferman. So things started Dunfermline going, eh? Then we started to fucking grind it up. See, the first two seasons were fucking running up. I know. We oh. just missed out, eh? Two years in a row. But we got the playoffs so against Aberdeen. The horror statistic, obviously, the Aberdeen, that was a f- insane sin. We kick, yep. we, we married. Stevie thought. Wonder can see it's a fucking Bella kick. Right, seriously, and uh, we didn't get. Then she have done us at, at East End, but we should have been able to do up there. Well. Absolutely no doubt about that. Craig had been injured all week, but played and scored. He was a good player. Craig Robertson got to go up there. I'd known him since he was a wee kid. Great player. Well, things started to go. We started to play Norrie. God bless him. Jockey didn't play him, and Norrie didn't like that. But that was that wasn't a personal thing. It was Jockey's decision. Him and Stubby. They never got on well with the job they're in. And attitude to stand at the side of the goals didn't go down well with But he's my mate, but he was, a, he was a very, very intelligent coach. So I started to pick up players, didn't we? Raymond Sharp at left back when Derek Fleming came in and took him over. Colin Muller at right back after we sold Jackie. Shields, he uh, after it. He was a great player for us. Well, he yeah. Oh, 880,000 we got for Jackie, and 790 or something we got for. for uh, Greg. We went to Charlton, He Went to Charlton. Oh, fucking Britain. I was glad for him. and I was glad for Jackie. Jackie writes in his book, he says, hey, don't worry about Alec Taunton's teacups flying about. He says, you've made a route, you've had a route if he did come. <laughs> what was <laughs> Jackie like when you first went in? he was just a sack. So you've heard me talk already. Natural enthusiasm. He had everything. You could put Jackie at 18-year-old in beside the top boys. I used to do wee five-a-side games and no, all the rest of it. The elite against the shite, right? And I used to make sure if you were in the shite, you tell them why you are in the shite, right? we <laughs> uh, Jackie was never in the shite. He was in the elite. Team. And at this eight- point, he's only 18, 19-year-old. Oh, fucking attitude. His father was helped him a lot too, but I've become very, very friendly with with Jackie. We talked regular and uh, we maybe thought we would like someday but it never happened. Um, time he's yet. a great boy. There's time yet. You never know He's a great boy. Uh, but the important thing, Mike, is, and please, I making known now, when we look back on the Dunfermline thing, it took us three years to get up before I start talking about that again. What an experience it was. Roy, Roy got a bit of stick for us no getting up. I mean, Bert was lucky to give his job because we failed twice. Wants to raise Rovers and to By a point, over a season. And it was a heartbreak. But the time we won it, it was fucking honestly. Well, 95-96 you're talking about, which is eh? probably the 95-96 season. Was it? Which is probably the penultimate season for a generation of film supporters, including myself. Really got... Well, 94-95-96 really eh? I argue with two or three people about We had the best goals for, with the best goals against we had, I, think, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, top goals. They, they had the. It was the most exciting Dunfermline team. you honestly. See Evo going down that wide side and the fans. Evo, Brilliant. Evo, fucking loved it. Then I mean, Toddy coming up for corner kicks. We Alan Moore and Mark Muller and Colin Miller. that. Harry Curran. he just got a bit of Joe. Jerry Britton, aye Jerry, George the Shaw. Done. They were all fucking in a bit they all loved you know what they were great I was magnificent at night weeks. see me see the glad you're in. And are in we had them in there once every six weeks with our wives oh yeah to six o'clock in the morning fucking camaraderie and, and your team that was caused by us the see sometimes the see sometimes we would well it was all set up right it was, Tuesday was always a day for hard work sprints we never went down to Petrivi we went out the track Sprinting. And we had the uh, you know, Bert did all that. Bert was very good at it. but we did the sprint stuff and it was a fucking session, you know, hard session. Uh, and something I went out and said, Right, yourself sorted out. Mini buses is waiting there. This is before the start. Put them in the my bus and go up to see our smith sitting here being roll. You couldn't have loved that, Mickey. Can you imagine? Fuck no, here we go again. I slug's in the fucking No you're not. getting in that I'm telling you, Jerry he was brilliant with us. We didn't charge us or no. He would take him up to the bistro and we'd sit there and we'd chat. And you'll see the boys would fucking come in. They'd better hear a story of the day or you're no getting back. And, and it was getting magnificent. It really was. I remember Jerry. I remember Jerry Britton. Well, he was a fucking idiot and a lovely boy. He's a lawyer now. You know that? Aye, aye. He's a clever uh, guy. Big Evo comes in to see me. Big Evo comes in to see me. Everybody came to me. Right, because what are all terrified to go to bed. Right, Dick, Dick, Dick. What is it, son? My car is stolen. I said, You're fucking cat. Who would fucking pinch that car? you kidding? It was one of these uh, wedge shaped fucking citrons, you know. <laughs> well, as you know, come in, go to the front office, and he's what I a fun fucking that, nah, you know. So we're in the dressing room, and I could go out the way and along the top, you know, and, nah, and I looked at the stand. What car's lying in the middle of the fucking patch? Right, all the doors open, everything is. <laughs> fuck me Ah, oh, fuck his. He was a bit fucking green. He's trying to know who's. How am I going to get home and all that? Staying at Montrose. I says, evil, give me a." And he looks at his car is lying in the middle of the of patch. Every, everyone asked for. a alarm. now. Was Superb. See the Glasgow boys, you can tell. The dressing room's quiet and all the rest they until the fucking Glesky boys arrive. Alan Moore, Colin Miller, Harry Cudden and all that. We Alan Moore used to come in with black bags and he says to me one day, Dick, Dick, can I get 10 minutes with the boys? I says, what for? Well, oh, I've got some stuff in here. It's good value. I better go today because... I says, the better, better hang back 15 minutes. I'm going to like Moore Day a you fucking Del Boy, right? <laughs> so he does it. And he goes and tries their fucking leather brakes on. And he's telling the boys... Fucking best degree, and they said, and they walked in the dressing room and the fucking label fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Things like, fuck. I mean, we used to do a, we had a rocking horse. Sorry, it's a bit of length of that table. It was the big bar where you put books and you hit each other with fucking, eh, no boxing and gloves. Fully fight. Oh, I hate More, more. Everybody went up. The wives went up, and everything. I can't, Mo's wife fucking <laughs> honestly and knocked Mo right off the table. No, who's <laughs> <than. laughs> the boss in here? Who's Mo and all the rest. Of it. But that's what we did. Everybody And Alan Do talks about it, yeah. And Goddy. Uh, about uh, everybody was there. Players' wives and never, you know. And then every year we went to Magalufty. So we had a. We didn't have. I might have could have done better, I suppose, in terms of quality, in terms of football, and not too much football. I think we go got what we paid for, the, which remains the greatest day in my, my life. We are Flow Digital Pharmacy, and we are proud to sponsor the Walking Down the Holbeath Road podcast. Our easy-to-use app is a convenient way to access your NHS prescription medication, and our team of trained pharmacists are helping thousands of people to access the support and medication they need. If you're registered with a GP who's based in England, you can use the Flow app to securely and conveniently send them NHS medication requests and arrange delivery to a location of your choice at a time that suits you. This means you can avoid the hassle of contacting your GP and making unnecessary round trips to eventually collect your prescription. Find out more at WeAreFlow, spelled P-H-L-O, that's WeAreFlow.com. Well 95-96 we'll touch on Such a big season Jackie goes to Celtic We lose Norrie in the January So let's touch a little bit on that What's your memories of how you heard that news? Well I've never told this story right? but Getting back to You know Stuart for the band uh, Stuart Adamson I was probably well, I was probably the last person ever to speak To Stuart Stuart phoned me At half past eleven From Honolulu on a Sunday night, to tell me I love me, it was a great them film for. Just to say to you, in a sad way, to say to you, I wish you all the best and I love you and to uh, try and get them up for me. Died that night. So, that boy to me, it hurts me like that. See, Nori, what can you say about Nori? I loved him and he loved me, right? Because I, I had a pub and I kind of knew the perils of the pub. Sometimes, you, you know, you're, you have to. The fucking minibus was five to ten every morning. I just blew the whistle. They better be on it or I'll boot the last of the shop. you seen them running out there. But it's good quarter past ten, ten past ten. Nah, no, it. My phone goes and it's a wanker. Dick, Dick. I says, Dick, you better tell that big cunt just to drive right and I'll take his of by kit well, But they tell the, I'll no tell the gaffer. Says, no, no, Dick, there's something wrong. I said, what's wrong? He says, no, Staff's been paid. He says, That's not like Norrie. Norrie does that. I says, John, I need to get the fucking training it's Corporal. Right, I'll phone you if I hear anything. Then he comes back up and he, it's knowledge bad. Yeah. And it fucking literally broke my heart, burst out in tears because, do you know this? Deserves every accolade that he got. He never caused me or Bert any harm. No. I worked for the players, and I expect the players to work for me as hard as I worked for them, right? And, uh, no, it right. Bert loved him. Bert absolutely loved him because he was a, a competitor. And great crack. Fucking, honestly, see the crack you get? off. <laughs> said, come on, how would it go last night? And he'd tell you what's happening in the pubs. Just loved him. Went to Magaluf a few times. But in terms of the team effigy, what he brought to the team was a presence. Nor he wasn't a shouter. You, yeah, hey, yeah. He wasn't that type of player. He led by performance. Douglas did that. Douglas was the captain at uh, Liverpool. He didn't he shout at his players? He led by example. And there's some people do it. There's some people. I was a shouter when I played. That's because I wasn't as good as the rest of the players. But I captained every I played for, right? But I wasn't. I couldn't set an example as a player where um, Norrie had that you know, the whole fucking carry on with the flowers and everything and uh, I think we, wait, we, we waited three weeks didn't we? I think so we then played Clyde Bank We played the Clyde first Bank. game back Craig scored the winner didn't he? That was the creepiest job I've ever seen in my life Strange day eh? Oh everybody. my goodness I couldn't, we went, I, couldn't, I couldn't fucking believe it we went three and hung up and they drew back to C C, three wasn't it? Yeah correct Craig scored and I couldn't went to a bad boy because Robertson was a good player. The game itself, to win that game, was a phenomenon for me. It was a strength of the character that Norrie would have showed in the team. And also, not a lot of people, not a lot of football clubs would have won that game. Because I think the camaraderie spirit, see Colin Miller and Norrie boys, we Alan Moore, fucking great boys. Seriously. Laugh. Why carry on with you and Norrie loved all that. You Norie know? mm-hmm. went away <laughs> Michael, we in Macaloo, but I'm back. I'm not kidding. There's no need, I'm not needing shirts of boys have all with them. Seriously. <laughs> he was that, that type of boy who just loved that. Anyway, you've then got a cause. You need a cause in your life. You need a cause to be a manager. You need your players to have that cause. You need natural enthusiasm. Kicked in. I kicked in. We got to the last I could tell you everything that was going on. With Morton, Morton had to win the second-last game of the season. Morton's playing St. Johnson. Can I also tell you, see that season? There was eight local derbies. They were all in your league. So that's what made it special. Here's what happened. As a coach and the previous two seasons, my heart was breaking for, for the fans, for everyone, for Roy, for Andrew, for them all, for Bert. Me pissed. My heart was breaking for everybody because doesn't no matter. We didn't have a big budget. We had enough budget to get where we were. Dundee United were playing Dunferman at Dandex. Morton only needs... Morton are on the same points as uh, Dunferman and Dundee United are two points in front of the three So we're looking... If Dundee United wins, they've won the league, right? So what does Jim do? Jim that's the Dundee United fans behind each goal to stop any divide any dubious Berta Kicks decision and the fans will not influence the referee. Well we had two thousand, but we were supporters that the stand. And when you cry the boy that the reporter that Bert fucking Keith, Keith. Jackson? Oh honestly, Bert. Fucking Keith Jackson. By the end of the game, Bert fucking sprint up the stairs again. I'm telling you. I didn't really know the boy but all oh, birth he slaughtered us he just didn't like us but in the morning in the, in the sun newspaper, right it's got 7-1 big seven, seven-one, 7-1 right about the Dundee United and Dunferlin game who put the one in who's the one manager that says we would win at Dundee United Jimmy Bone manager of St Mern everybody else says oh no Dundee United Dundee United Dundee United Paul Kirk was in charge yep. Turkey's a great friend of mine. Now, what happened then? Oh, they're going to have a party. Oh. So the helicopter was tuned in to go to Tandy's with a trophy. And we knew this. Honestly, fucking red flag to a bull, wasn't it? So we get some in there and we tell them, hey, here we go. It's your last kick at the ball, you know. It wasn't really because if we'd drawn, we'd have, they would have had to beat. Because course, I meant to say, didn't you? We're playing more. Ah, they were doing a couple the following week, aye? So, anyway. Or yet again? I was not at Tanadice. I still remember the day, the greatest game I've ever seen in my life. Should Peter scored, he also got sent off. The fucking disgrace getting sent off. I tell him I'll put that to this day. But I'll tell you something. Fucking wasted. You will never ever have a fucking game like that in his life. It was fucking, and honestly, you want to see that? It was fucking nip talking to going to see Peter but See the? It was like the fucking animal in the last ten, fifteen minutes. Honestly, Mikey, you couldn't. There's no words to describe what it feels as a coach and as a manager. And you've got 2,000 development fans, so they no not start fucking bumping their feet on the ground. What the fucking noise they made? Seriously? And it gave us the lift. Honestly, it was sensational, right? And then we won the game. My, my last thing memory about that was we went to supporters club uh, do... You cry the place up for the bus? It's no longer new, it's fucking flats now. Oh, the roadhouse. The roadhouse, right? Aye aye. Bert was pissed at quad past Went to get him, huckled him. Bert couldn't drink fuck all, right? <laughs> but we, anyway, we huckled him at quad past nine, slaying a lot of fish, right? Oh yeah. it was we were going down the road that night. You want to see the film fans, you can't ever <laughs> honestly I thought they'd won the league. But then you go the next week, with we would tell funny story about. That. Bert says to me, You're probably why? So I so what? Well phone and ask him, can we just tell him that we've never been in this position. Is there anything we should be doing then? Yeah. So I phone got and I says, why? Just you your eye what you want. I says, well, you've won just one fucking nine I though, haven't you? You're no surprise at it." Uh, I says, well, we've got see the morn, we've we'll we're champions. Is there anything you would advise us? We've been advice what today. He says, Dick I've never managed at that fucking diddy level. <laughs> 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 we pissed ourselves laughing and, the rest of it and we just went through the case right just go and get it get it done but the greatest then you go you go to the filming game and people say oh that was after Trainfield," but this the, the first goal was after Ah, uh, the free kick of Miller and Andy Smatted across the face in the round and I'm no kidding it's after Trainfield. I had fucking practiced it the day before. You're like, oh, fuck me. What a buzz that must be for a coach. Oh, so I'm saying to you. Uh, Hickland, I'm It's fabulous. I tell you, see the goalie for the that day, fucking... Andy Rhodes. Andy Rhodes. He was fucking good there. us. I tell you that. Andy fucking moved before Alan Moore. Was that Mark Miller? It was, aye. Mark he was one of them. that day. Mark? Mark. Honest, that nowadays that had to be a red card because it was the last man challenge, wasn't it? Aye, I maybe. I down, aye. Mark, eh, Mark was a fucking idiot. Great player, but oh, fucking idiot. With a drink? Oh, you're an idiot. But I'll tell you what a game he had. Fucking what a penalty kick he took. And do you know what people don't know? There were six Airdrie players come into your dressing room and they were celebrating. with we and champagne and everything. And the wee Kenny Black, the wee Alan fucking the wee winger. There Lawrence? A Alan Lawrence. Sir. Aye. Because we'd had repeated fucking games with Airdrie that would fucking... Honestly, every fucking week, you know, we played here. Bert fucking hated them. You know, what? it's always battles, eh? For oh, me. for fuck's sake. I got set up with standing. The fans were showing pies at me. I just ate them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was probably the greatest uh, fortnight in, in my coaching career. It must have been a massive relief because obviously we've come so close the previous two years. I, maybe, I was very happy for uh, Bert, I was very happy for Roy. And Andrew, particularly Roy, because he just put money in where his mouth was and he deserved that. And I suppose Roy could stick a couple of fingers up to because we weren't weren't the most popular choices. Funny enough, when I look back and I talk to people about my, my life, we must have been... The fans that watched us at that time must have loved it. Aye, 100%. You know, nobody sees a bad thing about it. And when you see the players that we had... They weren't a world beaters. Dundee United had spent a million quid on players and that we just couldn't do that. I think as a supporter at that time, you could see the, the players, the club meant something to them, eh? They gave 100% all the time. And these guys weren't on big money, as you no. know, at the time. No, no, but no, they no. loved playing for that football club and they still speak then, so fondly about know, it. we dedicated the, the one to Norrie and uh, maybe that had somewhat input into it. Nobody knows, God only knows, but... Um, it was great to be. Then after that season, the next season. Well, we finished fifth in the Premier League our first season, which is incredible. I always remember Chuck Young saying to me one time, at don't know, I couldn't believe when you played Motherwell Day, and after the game your fucking fans, uh, your, your players went out of the fans. Chuck, we'd never fucking finished fifth in the Premier League. What are you on bit? You know, I, I, Chuck, I got it right in a bill. But uh, we did, and I think we stayed, what the next year? We stayed up, and then this that's when Bert then left the following season. Was so, it? January 99, he resigned after a draw against Hearts, a 0-0 draw at East End. So, what's your memories of Bert resigning? Did you know that Bert, was coming? I didn't. Bert was a total pro. No matter what I'd said to him, he was a very dignified man. He was a straight batter, as we call him, he was a Valefield boy, no going to change his mind. I said, What? You're... I never had any influence on that because I didn't want to be the manager. So, I wasn't sitting there. Wanting the job because of Bert. Because ah, I, I didn't, I'd never seen it i seen Bert and I doing an fucking ten years ago because we worked so well together. But no, he wasn't changing his mind. And I think it was because there was, uh, Bert just general. He's not a negative boy. And he you, you would probably have thought the dignified thing to do is finish and maybe the club will pick up. I didn't see it that way. I told him, I said, you're heard. I'm telling you now, I'm no sitting here waiting but yet, see, when I had hindsight, I think Bert taught me and showed me how to be a manager. I really do. And I did that. Well, we're, we're, we didn't stay up because we drew uh, the last game. That was, that was, we were well on the way down anyway. But uh, we started the season again. Jimmy Nicholl, I brought in Jimmy Nicholl to give me a hand. I knew, because uh, as I've said to Eller, uh, Roy had told me what was going on. And see, when you See, when you, you've no got a relationship, Mikey, with your chairman, get yourself to fuck, believe me. That's what's happened to me at Dunfermline, and it's happened to me at Forfa and it's happened to me at Arbro If your relationship deteriorates for, for whatever reason, it's not going to get better. You need a strong relationship. Uh, Alec Ferguson told me that, but so did Bert. Bert had a great relationship with Roy, so did I. In that year, you'd lost Shields and Scott McCullough. Two of your best players, hadn't you? Oh, I'm right. telling you. Do you know, when uh, we were level pegging, when we were beat up St. Byrne, right, 2-1 or whatever the case may be. Do you know, St. Byrne won the league that year, eight points. The big thing for me was, Jimmy Caldwell was quite right. He asked John on I mean, you think of the fucking players, the Barry Nicholson's and the, the two brothers, the Aberdeen, Nipper, Toddy, they all fucking quadrupled their wage. Why? But what reflecting back on that time when obviously you lose your job, it's your mindset at that point—you just absolutely gutted. I wasn't gutted because I knew it was inevitable because the boy just didn't like me. <laughs> so I knew I was going to lose my job, but I thought it was a, a faint of heart. But uh, they seemed to think that people were going to do better than I was, and that—and believe me, if I was there, you'd never, ever, ever been ten million in debt. The- just reflecting on your time at Dunferm and under Bert, and obviously the, your stint as manager, who would you say was the best signing you made? Oh, the best signing we made? You made, aye. No, the one we sold? No. Well, you could say that as well, aye. Well, Matt and was the best player we sold. He goes on to play 10 years. You know, pound for pound, it's got to be Toddy. Really? For the length that he played, closely followed by Evil. Pound for pound. I mean that. Uh, toddy was crazy. And the uh, money, Greg was a great player too. I keep telling you, Mikey, it's about natural enthusiasm for life. You can't have, you've got to can want it. I'm not coming You're to go and get it. Go and get it. Go and get I've still got a championship back in me. I'm somebody. there is no way am I, am no going back into the game? I'm like Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the worst signing? Could you name somebody? And I'll tell you who Bert, uh, Bert and Joyce said Greg Shaw or Sergio Duarte They were the two players they said I didn't know, I think the Brazilian striker Edinho Got him on loan didn't we so Sergio Duarte did they say him Greg Shaw I wouldn't have said that I wouldn't have said Greg Shaw Greg Shaw I used to get on my nerves I can't they would play passes out to the byline and Greg would a nameless fought for it and he'd turn and he'd go I said the fuck are you for it's a bad pass but he didn't know, for me, it was, uh, it was the poorest signing. I didn't like going down that road. Uh, signed fall. a lot of boys for down south, eh, at one point. I didn't agree with it. Not agree with it at all. I'm trying to remind you, the Finnish boy we signed. Oh, the carry Rissinen. was signed. Big Carrie Rissanen. He wasn't bad. I think that was his name. Ah? Huh? Big centre of his way, well, really. well done. There was one or two bad fucking goalies. Jesus. Uh, you need a good goalkeeper. look like Zoran Lemachick. What's your memories of by the way. I've never seen an athlete like him. He could fucking... They'd do a, a forward rule at the top a bar. <laughs> what a fucking fitness for Nicole, you would. But i get phone calls to him. Then you've got, what do you call him? The cam, down south? Lee still, Butler. Aye, ah, Lee Butler. Uh, he'll text me and Dickie, you're going to Magaluf this year I'll see you in there. rest of it. Lee Butler. Going back to your time at the terminal, who would you say is the most underrated? Now there's a player I've got in mind because all the boys I've spoken to for this era all say the same boy. And you mentioned him earlier on. Harry Curran. Harry Curran. Absolutely. All the boys say he was brilliant. Absolutely. He was over. The fans didn't like him. Nah, how, why was that? Because he wasn't was a flashy player. He did all of his job. He, you know, he's what you call a defensive midfield player. like He would break it up and then get to somebody. He wouldn't he break it up and then go and play a 1 2 and beat somebody. He would break up the tackle and he would just get to somebody that's a better passer just than that. Keep him. it simple, eh? Good lad, too. Jerry Brinton's a good player, too. Yeah. But, Big Andy Smith. Seriously. I mean, what well, a break that was! Bert paid seventy thousand for him, and he broke his fucking leg. I was against it. They gave Andy a four fucking year contract. He never kicked a ball. He never kicked a ball after he gave him a four year contract. He scored twenty eight goals or something one one thing. It was six against up non league side. But I, I was, I said, what the fuck? Terrified though. It was me. I got my cap. It was me. I told Brune. I got my B up I just couldn't, couldn't believe getting him a four year contract because it's natural. It's not in your makeup to go and burst a gut or break your. To unless you're, if you get a four year contract, are you going to go and try and score thirty? Hey, you've got a four year. That's where Jim McLean was clever, eh? But the big bonuses back uh, in his Dundee United days. It was a low, right? basic salary, but big bonuses. I'm like, I don't, I don't pay appearance money. I've never paid appearance money. I'm the longest serving manager in Scottish football. I've only got eight to catch Jock and I never why for the life of me, why would anybody get appearance money? Tell me good reason. I mean maybe can answer this question. Why would you give a boy appearance money? Sign a player to play for your club and you can't you're paying the money if he starts. It doesn't do for me. What I do is I give them big bonuses. Oh I'm a big bonus man, uh, absolutely no doubt about that. The fellow were pretty good. but Roy was as good as he's gonna be, you know, and I worry you no, I decided if they fully recovered for the debt that they were in, I have no idea. couple more questions rounding off Dunferman. Any funny dressing room stories that you can tell? <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty. See if you come along the front of the dressing room. Well, I used to sit in the, in the referees room and I went in and Daddy Cooper is impersonating fucking Bert. Right? I'm no kidding you. Pish puts her laughing. I've never heard of him, He was magnificent and I got out of Bert. So Bert's stand. Yes, well, the in the bit before he in the door, so you couldn't in the doors, kind of a jar. And fucking the players, the players, Tati thought the players were laughing at him. The players knew that I was fucking laughing at him. Tati <laughs> <laughs> was just fucking something else, you know. We all did that. We, I was pretty good at impersonations myself. And uh, they wouldn't oh, you know me, they'd always, they would always uh, take the piss out of me. I never... Never had a happier. I've never had a happier dressing than that one, and I've had some great dressing, believe me. Finally, for the Donfelin part, Bert Payton. You've mentioned him loads. How big an influence has Bert been? Well, I was glad I met him. Quite to to you. I've been on holiday with him, Vegas with him, New York with him. Joyce, Joyce was made for Bert because she's fanatical about football as well. But for me, I trust him. When I take him up the last seven and a half year to our growth. I take him on board, and I listen to him all the way up in the car and he doesn't say enough a lot, but what he does say, everybody in the game respects him. No more than me. Uh, I love the fact that his background. He could people don't know that, but I could you I'm saying I could do after dinner on Bert Payton, he could do after everybody. Bert's got some fucking of memory. Alec Ferguson tells me he's the best midfield player he ever played with. And I just a- uh, how he got the job was very, very impressive. You know, I never ever for the life of me thought, A, that he was going in for the job and, B, that he was finishing the job. Very, very close to his chest and he's got a lot of integrity. But the feel bit comes out them, him and uh, there is no doubt in my mind, Mikey, oh, you're better letting other people tell you how good I am or what I have achieved. But the big, my main reasons is uh, I was taught with the master for me they he'll always be Mr Dunfermline for me. 100%. So management continues. You go back to Brechin. You are five years at Brechin, Promotion in the third division, second division. So you start your, your promotions as a manager. And then you get the Partick Thistle job. What was that kind of time like for you as a manager? Well, that was the second time John Lambie had come on to me. Partick Thistle are a big club. So I took over and they were bottom of the league. And we were 12 points clear in January the 1st with breaking. I left it with my brother. And he managed to get breaking up. I was uh, seven points isolated with the league, in the Premier League. And I went in by a point, disappointed me, you know. But the next season, we got up uh, through the playoffs. David Parland was our youth coach at Dunfellan. And, when I, and of course, he was a manager of the Barrack 1 inside in 71. And uh, he phoned me up one day, I wanted to come to a game, he was taking his grandchildren. So I sorted that out for him. And he sat all over at the far side. And on on Monday, we won 2 0, we beat Gretna 2 0, and, uh, and by the way, their, their budget was 2 million. So that's when Mileson was piling the money on, and they were going up through the league? Correct. But it didn't matter how much money they were putting into Gretna, Wharton Castle should be beating Gretna. And the uh, Andy Smith team were all playing for, for Gretna. After the, when you think back on it, I was in a, we got to the playoff, to be honest, with you, that's the biggest carry I've ever seen in my life, After at Heat. But uh, it was, we go beat 3-1 at Partick, it So at went So we, went, we took 4,000 fans, went up there. This is actually what happened. Went into a lead, so we're winning first three, right? They equalised to make it 4-4. Four, four. See, in the second half, the extra time, I took my two centre-halves off. Because they had scored and they were they were winning four three. I took my two centre-halves half and put two fovers on Paul Ritchie. I put them on. What the fucking gamble. That was, seriously. Within two minutes, Bobby Lynn is clean-shooting the goalie, rounds the goalie and fucking hits the post. And we go up the park, people are fucking marauding. Out, fucking, I'm getting better, <laughs> boo yeah And and next thing, and uh, we equalise. My sons are there, right? we equalised the, the, the 121st fucking minute or something to make it four four four. Oh, yeah. I can't believe the fans are all back in again. <laughs> right? And I went to penalty kicks and uh, Paul Ritchie had the last penalty and I'm not kidding you, but Mikey, he, he fucking dinked him. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. He went up went to hit it and the goal he went away to that and he fucking rolled it in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> Wow, feel feeling. <laughs> oh, oh. The rest is history, really. I had uh, a good time. I had been offered an hour contract. Um, my chairman died, Brown McMaster, and uh, Alan took over. He was an effluent lawyer. But guess who? Ian his lawyer was Alan. Right. This is controversial, but it happened. Scotland were playing the night before. I got sacked there in Italy, and Ian McCall was with the, the media. He was texting people back and saying, Dick's getting sacked and won. So uh, it's the first thing I've ever went public, but uh, there you are. Uh, and he was right that did get sacked the next day it's just not the right way to do it no you know? no uh, anyway that's the way football is that's, that's the way football, people are that's the way people are uh, at the end of the day that's not what people do the one thing you've got to do is make bad decisions and do it right because bad decisions are about football management are making decisions that sort of stuff I met a lot of nice people in Partick Jimmy Bone was my assistant he was obviously a a legend at uh, Partick Tiffin. So I enjoyed it, and I left there. Poor go for the we stood at Ross County. But well, that is the most astonishing story you'll ever get. Ten out of ten, I went, eh? I started the league. Top of the league I was. I enjoyed Ross County. But there was two or three people, five people in particular, told me to ask what George Adams' role was. And I sat in an interview and with George Adams and Roy McGregor, and I had a good interview because he told me. Colin Henry and Ian McCall were sitting in the reception area waiting to be interviewed. But I've already got the, the job I know that. Any questions, Dick? I said, I'd like to know what role George Adams has got. I've never worked for a director of football before. And to be frank, there's two or three people in the game who I respect have questioned the role. I said, oh, don't you worry about me, he says. Yeah. I'm here to enhance you. And I said, I, well, I hope so. I says, because I don't be up with people who, you know, I don't rate or anything like that. I'd went away in, on a cruise which I'd booked and I had assigned uh, players for example the boy Lawson for Celtic and I'd agreed to give him 600 down yeah. uh, so I'd left by that time in the morning so all I've done is emailed George and said right this is the deal can you get in contact with uh, Paul Lawson and I've told Paul that so Paul Lawson comes back to me a new later They I can have it, agreed 400 and 200 a I says neither did I so I guess I only fucking George I think you're fucking way out of line I says right anyway we play the throwers at of the throwers, we to know. And I meet the park, and in comes George Adams and Roy McGregor. Roy says, Good result, Dick. I said, Aye, we did well. George says, Aye, ah, the result was better than the performance. I says, There you go again, George, Giving an opinion when it's no last. In fact, we need to get this sorted out, Roy. Can you sort it out between me and him? Sacked me the next day. And did Derek Adams come in after that? Derek Adams was there. That was one of the main reasons I think Derek. Was coming to the end of his career, and I had to be diplomatic about it. In fact, see, the one the league this year with the uh, with eight points or nine points, and it was me that signed all the players. Tell me, unbelievable. Uh, but I, I don't. I mean, I. I mean, Derek, Derek was always going to be the, the manager hmm. because he George's influence, and what he's done in the last couple of weeks is just. Um, it's embarrassing. Actually. it's bizarre. Eh? It's very hmm. bizarre behaviour. It's a bit bizarre. Eh? And then after that, you have seven successful years. Forfa, uh, going up through the playoffs and you finished in the playoffs three seasons out of four. So what was your time like at uh, at Forfa? I thought I'd stay there and be on the board. Forfa were a good club, good people. But again, you get to a stage where people... I always remember Bear Paint saying to me, that if you're five years at a club, you either change the manager or change the players. And probably right, I was seven and a half year and Alistair sacked me, which... I would imagine it's the craziest thing he's ever done. You know, there was one or two young ones at the other yam. And come, they're always in dug it, and you look to see when they're shouting, in the fucking hide. You know, we were sponsoring the game that day, and uh, I think it was uh, what year was that? That was two thousand and fifteen. You left, I think. Yeah, I left for Aye. Uh, well, anyway, I was very surprised. At, um, me getting sacked we went 10 games and yeah, but, you know, we'd actually when they sacked me I was uh, two points behind Sun Ra or something like that you know fifth or sixth place Sun Ra went up mm-hmm. you know and I think uh, uh, Alistair has publicly said that he made a mistake uh, but I don't think chairman chair, who have never played the game they feed off you and it's like it's, uh, they feed off your experience and you talk to them why you're doing this and why you're doing that. I don't talk. To, I made this public delivery. I don't talk to directors after a game. I wait till the next morning because directors are football supporters and they want to know fuck me. How did he play like that? What are you playing this for? You got balance here. and they pick up all the all the agenda. you say I mean I enjoyed myself. At first of great uh, football. Club. Dave McGregor, Wilson, uh, Neil. God bless him. Uh, good people. Great people. And I wish them well. Bro, I mean, then you leave Forfa, for, you go to a similar good club in Angus, Arbroath, where the magic was, starts to happen. For at, you. I was speaking at a big, big dinner in Dumfries. And, and my phone goes at fucking 20 past 11 on a Saturday night. And it's George Rowe. George's been a good friend of mine. He worked with their son and all the rest of it. also played with, he's now a multi-millionaire. He's doing his own business. He does railway stands and all that. Dick, can you phone me back? I says, Well, I'll phone you when I'm like, Well, I'll phone you. So I passed you over my phone. Why it? He says, Do you want the Ar virtual? He says, Yeah, nee, I want the Ar Virtual. I says, Am I getting off of that? He says, I've had John Christiansen on to me, saying how well do I know you? And I says, I tell you what. I'll do with you. Uh, I'd like to talk to him. You know what I liked him be? They were always a clean club. Everywhere you went and it was always painted and clean, the dressing rooms were spotless, pitch was good. And it was always nice people. John Christensen. John Christensen had sacked, this was his, his chap. he sacked 19 managers in 21 years. John did. He <laughs> says, John, you don't fucking sack me. Right? So, we went on uh, first year. Then uh, the danger area, as I've said to you, the first game I took over, we were uh, two points off the bottom of the third division. And we got beat off the of Rangers 4-1. And I said to my brother, what the fuck have I done here? Then went on to go on and first time, was it the first, first season we were up now? And you won League 2 in 16-17 and then you won League 1 in season 18-19. Did I? Well, there you are. Right? These were great times and they kind of took the away from us and then we've managed to have managed or we've managed to keep them in the league. as a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon that people take for granted, and the fans are, I've had are both some of them thinking that Arbo should be going up and the pure Honestly, there's only one thing on your mind at Arbor to keep them in the league, right? Now, two seasons ago, was, uh, it was one of the biggest watched the most watched game in Scottish football was Kermannock against Arbor. Now, I'm telling you now, my brother picked the team that night. i fuck all to do with me. I'm, I'm <laughs> do. It's an unbelievable season that, though, eh? Well, what, what happened was, see in January... I'll tell you a story about it. In January, the first New Year's Day, we went top of the league. I get a phone call. New Year's Day. morning. Maybe I'll leave my clock. Aye, you've not arrived yet, he says. Son, but I'll tell you something, you're halfway there. Now, I'm telling you, miracles are have made by men. I told you years ago, you've got a wee bit about you. I'm telling you now, don't look back. Just fucking stride on, son. I'm telling you. And by the way, Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> and it was Alec. Well, what a lift it give you. What a lift. And he's actually paying attention. But end of January, we're confirmed in the playoffs. January. End of February, we're confirmed in third place And the end of March. We're top of the league. So we're confirmed in the top two. We games to play in it was fucking phenomenal. Then we go and play Derek's team at Kamana. I made an arsen. I should have went five at the back with fucking ten minutes to go in I didn't he? I went five in the middle because I felt I was wanting to stop the crosses, and anyway, it. anyway, it's it's a phenomenal thing, phenomenal. I mean, we would all be knighted. Everybody would have been knighted if you if you. Maybe I'll ever do that, Mikey. And people take it for granted. Five and a half years they've been in that fucking league, part time against full time. Heartbreak. Eight minutes to go. Fucking heartbreak. Um, We've got a fortune for their kind of reflection. But um, the problem you've got with that is you've got to do it again the next year. The expectation levels, especially especially for supporters. I remember Dave McFarlane telling me a story. He won the League Cup for uh, Partick Thistle against Celtic. Beat it 4-1. Wally Thornton was the chairman of Partick Thistle. And eventually when Davey got up to the boardroom, Wally Thornton says to him, what the fuck have you done, son? You've put yourself out of a joke. What it meant was, because you're the NX. And I don't know, I don't know but I, I I would say I was distasteful, because supporters, man, I like to mix with the supporters. I like to tell them how every Every week I went up to the hospitality and told the t- the, everybody in the hospitality, 200 of them, why I was playing this team. Simple as that. And I used to, I mean, I, my brother Ian went up every month to talk to the fans. So we had a great rapport with him. But uh, I lost my relationship with the chairman. He started to to ask me questions or or whatever. Um, Not so much ask me questions. I didn't think he trusted me and I thought he wanted me out. So I made it easy for him. Which was strange because the biggest thing for me was when I said to him, look, I'll step down if if you want me to do that. He never tried to keep me. That's a heartbreak. Yeah, it must have hurt. That's a heartbreak. He seems to think that he's got somebody else who can do it, but that, that's undermining what we've achieved, which is staying in that league. It's, you think it's the chairman is doing it. You think it's the directors that are doing it. It's my players, our players doing it. Injuries and I don't buy all that fucking injuries. However, I've not got any problems with that. My track record over the years now has been a, has been a, a, a very, very, beautiful thing that happened to me in the later stages of my life and then marry that up on my 70th birthday and uh, the the British award it's a very nice thing then you get the P45 and (laughs) (laughs) tell us a little bit about the award and how you heard about that jeez jeez Jesus. I I honestly do think this Mike I don't know how you'll feel about it son but why did I get an award? what why did they not give my brother and my coach it? Because I had to do it myself. It's a beautiful thing to happen. My dad and mum would be very, very happy. I would be a lot happier if they gave it to Ian as well. Because they worked in John Young. They worked in Big Rab Douglas. They've worked the same as I worked. Probably more me. I get away with murder now. I just go into the dressing room and say my piece. And I don't. Very rarely do I get on the train pitch now. Sometimes I do, but I've got good enough coaches to do that and you've got to trust them. Yeah. So when the letter came in, Beautiful, fancy envelopes. So you didn't know it was coming. What oh, a total no. surprise! On oh, Her Majesty's services, it's like somebody fucking James Bond. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I know, yeah. and, and Charles talks as if he's my pal. Hi, Richard. I'm delighted to to honour you with the, the British Empire Medal for your services to to football and that's that. next thing, like Angus football and the community. You have been a power of strength and this that and that. It's a fucking beautiful Yeah. And so I then had to go in. Ah, the there's only been nineteen of them presented, right? And it's a beautiful medal. I could have brought it today, but you've not got a phone camera. <laughs> the, um, it's brilliant because when I go in, the, when I go in, my dinner's released. I could fucking give him that, you know, because Lisa always says, hey, you've not got wire <laughs> of so, Well, I fucking have new. Uh, but that was be my my thought. I, I think my coaching staff and everything that I've done. But I suppose. It's for overall my 23 year on the staff and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, and as I said to mum and dad would be very proud of my family. We went and got in It's the Lord uh, such and such, Cardinal or something, presents it. So he presented down in Kirkcaldy. Uh, what do you call it? The City Chambers aye, type place. I in the bush down there with a fucking sword and that and a fucking hat. And, and I got my family. I got my family. There proud loads. moment, eh? Wee boy for hell be. Leash? Leash, aye. Wee miners boy for hell be. Leash went his way and he was very kind to me about, you know, about what I've achieved and how highly he rates me and I'm the best manager he's ever fucking seen and all that. And I said, well, why the fuck did you not give me the dumb feelings? It? <laughs> 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 nah, I a kid. He was very good, Leash. And then I went up and said a few words myself and thanked everybody and... Very, very, very proud, as Alex is very proud, very proud. Very proud moment and very surprising. Uh, what do you do? Uh, interesting thing is, I suppose it's because I've taken the Angus teams up two leagues. Three teams. Maybe I'll ever do that. that's Somebody can only do it once. I've done it. So unique. Do. Aye. Um nothing for five. I do a lot of charity work for the gardens you know, we have a... Is it Gene Mackey Centre or something you do? Eh? It's the home up at Bell Yeoman, eh? I've done that. I've done that. Ah, you're doing a lot Let's of charity. It's like sensory gardens. We raise money to sensory gardens and for dementia people. But, um fucking hundreds of thousands we do the charity work for a birthday. don't anybody what we're doing. But I'm the chairman and, eh, uh, believe me, everybody that watches uh, <laughs> them filming will have somebody in their family who's <laughs> got somebody with dementia. So, I do, it and I'm happy, but I've got that. I, mean, I don't know what to do is put the tracksuit on and put the seat on, I don't know. What is next for Dick Campbell? I don't, I think I've got another, I think we've got another, or I've got another championship. Now that would be utopia. And there's a couple of clubs that I'm interested in, right? And there's a couple of clubs that are interested in me, but I'm not going to advance that until they need the manager, right? So I'm like, as I said to his first- I'm 49 years married and I'm no putting up with Anne-Marie for another year <laughs> it's just not going to happen I love her too much we just haven't got anything in common on I said, I went to some game there a week there and they started singing my name that's horrible it's embarrassing so I'm no I had great hospitality I went and watched them filming Brave Rovers game and Leish had me up in the hospitality place oh I've got a standing invasion fantastic really nice to be you genuinely think that people, people still like you? Nah, good stuff. Just a few questions to round off the podcast. What's been the biggest challenge for you during your management career or oh, during my management career? Going to That's that second last game of the season. Going to Daniels. I wasn't the manager, I was an assistant manager. Um, staying up a couple of times in the last game of the season, I won in championships. I've won three championships on the last kick of the ball in the last game of the season. It tells you that you're doing reasonably well, you know. Yeah. God, we, to name one, these are the things that... The time of this game was fucking phenomenal. Everything was for Dundee United, Every Everyone was against us. Fucking, oh, the fucking cup and everything was fucking sat on the table before you ran out of the pitch. The tangerine ribbons on it, eh? Aye. Unbelievable. What's the best advice someone's given you? Someone's given me... Willie McLean gave me some advice one time and it's a sentence and it goes like this. If things don't change, it stays the same. Think about it. If things don't change, it stays the same. Followed up with, there's a time to work and there's a time to play. Don't get them mixed up. Is that the advice you would give someone else as well? Absolutely. Same advice? Absolutely. You've won many awards and promotions. What would you say has been your proudest moment? Well, the year that... The Year taking them to second place. The manager of the Celtic at that time was Costa Kuglu. There's five manager of the year awards, right? As you know, over the years I've won four, but this particular season, Costa Kuglu was nominated. He won the treble, he was nominated for every one of them, and I was nominated for every one of them as well. He won four, and I won one, which was fine. And we had to attend the aftermath. And you know, Costa Kuglu spent more time speaking about me and he did won in his trophy and I didn't even know he knew me and I thought fuck it what a proud I didn't know he know me you know and guess where I'm going on Wednesday you go down to Tottenham flying down to Tottenham That's on Wednesday superb. morning he's a great manager eh well he's a great guy great guy yeah I mean I'm away down with my brother Ian and John down to we're flying down Wednesday morning and got to the game I think they're playing fucking Brighton or something I'm not there. Right, nah, brilliant, good stuff. Last Thank question, you. what does Dunferman Athletic mean to you? I think Dunferman Athletic's a classy, classy club. Big club, great surroundings. Didn't they get any better now? I really do, I think Dunferman should be in the Premier League because of their, but they've made far too many mistakes. What do you want in your life? It, we're lucky enough, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the days of the 60s and the early no. the symptoms <laughs> and all the rest of it. Seriously, fantastic days. And I had nine years there. So I know, I know, we were in the Premier League with them, and I think when I see Livingston, Saint Mirren, Kilmarnock, and the rest, of it. And the Premier League, and, and Dunfermline in the middle, what do they mean to me? I'd love to. I've got one thing to put right, and you know what I'm doing. If ever I get the opportunity to get them out of that, but that's not no what I love for. You're asking me what I think of Dunfermline. I went and my brother and I went out and his guests. And there's a warmth about them for me. There's a warmth about them. You need to galvanise. I don't you need to galvanise the fans. Galvanise everything to do with them, fellas. Get them together. Get them away. And I think whoever takes them up to the Premier League in my lifetime would make me a very happy man. Good man, Dick. Well, that's rounding off the podcast on a, on a good note. So thanks again for your time. Why it's been me. brilliant chatting to you. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast platform. Producer of this podcast was Jan Mokiewicz and music supplied by Stuart Dusty Miller. Thanks for listening. I'm sure you'll agree Dick was a fantastic guest and plenty of great stories about his time at East End Park. We look forward to walking down the holiday Road with another former car next month. Thank you.